0: Hi, friends. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Welcome to that Sick. Welcome. The podcast where we uh, talk about gross stuff, the gross stuff that we secretly but not so secretly love. Yeah. And, and we bet you do too. I'm Justine. I'm Heather. I'm JB. And this is episode 25. Our podcast can rent a car. Yeah. Yeah. Quarter century.
1: It's, it's the gold anniversary. No. What's 25? Silver? I fucking know. Yeah.
0: Anyway, happy holidays. Yeah,
2: happy holidays. This is the happy first holidays. episode back from the
0: holidays. Yeah, happy New Year. The New Year just happened, but I think this will be coming out on I don't even know what day. The future. Sometime in January. We had to t- we had to take a break for the holidays, and now we're back and we're ready to be gross and gross you out, ready to sicken you again. Mm-hmm. So. Let's just jump into it. Uh, does anyone have a good sickest thing of the week in a bad way? Well, let's just say sickest thing uh, since the last time we were here in a bad way.
1: Oh, I had a dramatic, a dramatic tale. Ooh, do tell. Oh, okay. So um, last week at one point. So I have this weird thing where I don't like to cook food if I'm going to be away from my house for a long time because I always think I'm going to leave the stove on and burn down the place. Sure. Fair. I'm a crazy person. So whenever I have to work late, I like to microwave my food. And I had wanted eggs. I wanted a hot meal. So I put my eggs in the microwave to like hard boil in there. So I sat down on the couch while my eggs are cooking. And then a few minutes later, I guess more than a few, I just hear a big kaboom. (laughs) Oh
0: no. So
1: I go out into the kitchen. Fortunately, the big kaboom was just that I had my pot of... my can of coffee sitting in front of the microwave and that just got knocked on the floor and that was the big kaboom. But my microwave definitely exploded eggs all over my kitchen and died.
2: Oh my God. Your oh. microwave, you need a new microwave now? RIP.
1: My microwave is RIP. Oh shit. I've been living that no microwave life for about seven days now.
0: How How is that going for you? It's okay. I've been using the stovetop
1: to heat up leftovers. But uh, yeah, cleaning up Hard-boiled eggs splattered all over the kitchen was really fucking disgusting. Ew! Ew. Yeah, it probably smelled terrible. Oh It, it did no. not smell good at all. It smelled like hot eggs.
2: Ah!
0: Uh. <sighs>
2: I uh, I don't know if I can top that.
1: I hope you can't. Try. It was terrible.
2: Oh my! The only thing that was sick for me was like uh, the elephant in the room was uh, my my cat died, and then I uh, I I got it skinned like I said I would, <laughs> just like I said I would. I did. I took the, my cat to a taxidermist and uh, had him skinned and his his uh, pelt is being tanned as we speak. It takes four to six months to process. But then we buried his carcass in the backyard. And although it was very sad, it was kind of like sick to think about. Like, oh, his, his he doesn't have any fur on him. <laughs> like, it's a little creepy. I did not look in the box. I did not want to look in the box. Vo-
0: so legit. That was the first thing I asked JB when I saw her the other day. Yeah, and she and she told me about how you guys buried Fat Fats in the yard, and I mean, basically, the first thing I brought up was the fact that he would be skinless and wasn't that weird. Yeah, but,
2: uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Aww. I didn't see it. He was buried in an Amazon box. R.I.P. Fat Fats was a <laughs> just good the way boy. he would have
1: wanted to go yeah. in an Amazon box. Oh, he's
2: my big boy. So, no. yeah, I miss him. He had cancer, and that sucks. But I will have his pelt to remember him by, which is pretty cool. It is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Justine, sickest thing? I really thought I had one. Uh, I cannot remember
0: it. I'm really sad. So I'm just going to whiff it. I did. Um, This is actually funny, but also terrible. I was at Target yesterday and thought, oh, you know what? I need I need a Brita filter. I got rid of my old Brita pitcher, like, ages ago, I and I've just been drinking tap water. I need a new one. So I got this, like, lovely new Brita pitcher. It filters out lead, which is apparently an important thing to do in Millvale. Um, Ooh. <laughs> and then so I got home, and I opened up the fridge, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's a Brita pitcher in my fridge that I haven't even, like, I stopped seeing it. <laughs> it's like I stopped seeing it Ah-ha! for a really long time. And I realized it was there just, you know, yesterday going in to put the new Brita pitcher. So I um, I take the old one out and oh, it's like the water inside is like black. Because oh, my it's God. Like <laughs> oh, that's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I dumped it and got rid of it. And now I have a nice new Brita filter. This is I mean, I swear I just sometimes like I don't see things. And that's why my. I get so
2: messy because oh. I just don't see them. Oh, the Virgo yells at me for uh, for not, for not doing that the fridge. He's like, "Just look behind the first row of items. You have food behind them. I'm like, oh, I can't see." <laughs> <laughs> I don't look but I'm like I'm so lazy. This, this wasn't even <laughs> behind anything. It was it just had just become part of
0: the fridge. It was off to one side and the picture was white. It was like clear like a clear picture with a white top. And so it did. It just kind of like blended into the side of the fridge. I oh don't my God. I, I mean, I I mean I'm do don't, don't worry. I'm embarrassed by this. I don't think this is a good way to live my life, but it oh, happened. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. You know. Just put it all out on the table, guys. <laughs> all right. I guess it's time for you guys to reveal this week's topic. It's Heather sweet. Heather looks. Uh, I don't know if we know trepidatious. what... Trepidatious.
1: I don't know how to phrase what the theme is.
0: Yeah. Like, there's kind of a feel. Okay, yeah. so how about this? You guys just, you just tell me what your specific topics are.
2: Okay, well, okay. the way that it happened was, like, I was like, I want to cover this thing. And then GB was like, oh, this is kind of related, which is a lot of times how we do our topics. So uh, maybe we can make it up on the spot. But my theme is the... Uh, the year of the winter of 1777 is 1778 at Valley Forge. And very this, historical. Yeah. You know, I love the history. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's a history one and it, it talks about like the sicknesses and the disgustingness stuff that occurred there. And then, JB, I had, I'll get into it a little bit whenever I go into my topic.
1: But long story short, I heard a ghost story about a mad butcher in uh Civil War era Williamsburg which turned out to be a hoax. However, I did look into the subject and Civil War amputations are going to be my topic for the oh, day. Yeah. So,
0: wartime grossness. Yeah, which is I think that's yield. Yield. That's it. To be specific, yield wartime grossness.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm uh I'm really excited about this because yeah, the Civil War amputations are brutal. <laughs> brutal. So, I'm excited to hear about it, JB. Uh, But it it doesn't matter who goes first. I don't think it does. uh, Historically, chronologically, I guess I should go first. I was going to suggest that we go in chronological order. Cool. So, Heather, you're on. Take it away. So, uh, the sickness of Valley Forge. So, Washington's army, if you didn't know, this is during the Revolutionary War. I honestly don't know if we have, like, any international listeners or anybody that's not familiar with the Revolutionary War. We get the occasional listener from yeah. not the United States. Just in case. Just in case. I'm, I'm referring to the setting is the American Revolutionary War or the War of Independence. As you may know it, it's when we fought the British in 1776 and we were, like, the petulant child. No. <laughs> don't want it. We don't want it. No. So we live in Pennsylvania, so we're especially taught about this a lot in like elementary school and school. You oh, know? yeah. I know you sure. I'm sure you guys remember having classes on it, right? Yeah.
0: And well, when growing up out east, we actually uh, we were able to like go Valley Forge is like an hour. From yeah, where I grew up. So exactly. we've been there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I've never been. So that's cool. Um, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to have to ask you for your commentary. I
0: honestly it was very long ago. I don't remember anything because we went to Gettysburg, too. And they're all like
2: mixed up. Oh, yeah. In my brain. I've never been to either, but I, I definitely want to go to both. So infamously, this winter of 1777, 1778, it was uh, a hard ass time. Military wise. Washington's army had suffered uh, triple defeats at Germantown, Paoli and Brandywine Crick. And so the Second Continental Congress, uh, which, you know, consists of people like the Tommy Jeffs and the Benny Franks and the Johnny Hancocks and the, you know, the Sammies and the Johnny Adamses, is, et cetera, uh, They were all uh, meeting in Philly at the time. And they had uh, also did re- retreat to York, PA, which was 30 miles west of Philly. As you as you well know, it's more than 30 miles is it? west. Well, I mean, the area that the it- area
0: of York Shit, they were... Okay, well, yeah, they were probably... in the county. No,
2: York is further... It doesn't matter. Keep going. It's fine. Uh, So, the Army also had plans that... The Continental Congress was in Philly. They had retreat. The Army also had plans to hole up in Philly for the winter. But since they got defeated, like, majorly dunked upon, they had to retreat back to Valley Forge. So, you know, the York Valley Forge area, it's all kind of, like, similar-ish. So... Well, for context, they might be talking
0: about a different York. So, current day York, Pennsylvania, is um, actually closer to Gettysburg, yeah, and Valley Forge. Valley Forge is north, westish of the city. I want to say it's not far from like King of Prussia Mall. It, I King believe it says. I believe, and I could be wrong. Philly stands can totally at me on that, but I just know the exits off of the highway are near <laughs> each other.
2: My notes uh, tell me that. It was a small Quaker village founded that was founded by a small village founded by Quakers. Sorry, that was located where the waters of the Schuylkill River meet the Valley Creek. Yep.
0: Yeah. So that, yeah, that would be, it would be a kind of North-ish, probably right around King of Prussia. So the Schuylkill River actually, like, it comes all the way down from where I'm from. So it must be a different York then. So listeners,
2: not current York, Pennsylvania old york pennsylvania this was 250 years ago yeah so let me just pause to like just appreciate the schuylkill river for a second it's spelled s-c-h-u-y-l-k-i-l-l schuylkill 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 i always loved it yeah and since you're from the philly area you have to pronounce water like water well i mean i'm not
0: i'm from like an hour ish say it like water Okay, I will say water,
2: but I don't often say water. I don't actually talk like a Philadelphian. So for strategical reasons, the army had to be in the Valley Forge area to protect the Continental Congress and hold ground against the British in Philly. Like, it wasn't necessarily a good area to be weather-wise in the winter. Like, they would have liked to be more south, but they kind of had to be there to protect, you know, this for the strategic area. And the Schuylkill River could get supplies in. The high terrain meant the British would have a hard time attacking them. So the winter of disease happened. (laughs) Let's just call it that. The winter (laughs) of disease. 12,000 troops, among them indeterminate smaller amounts of African-American, Native American soldiers, as well as the wives and women and children, also uh, were at this camp. You know, a lot of times, like, they didn't, the women and children had nowhere to be. And they there was nothing, like, their farms, a lot of times, like, they couldn't really tend them on them by themselves, so they they just followed their husbands into battle, and they just hang out with the camp with them. Uh, they did not have enough food, clothing, or housing. Soldiers and other members of the camp uh, built rudimentary shelters and huts, and uh, 3,000 sh- soldiers were deemed unfit for service just for having inadequate clothing. So, you can imagine, like, people running around, like, half naked and freezing. Washington wrote in his letters about seeing his soldiers standing naked, barefoot, and bleeding in the snow. Only one-third had shoes. 1,700 to 2,000 died during this winter of discontent. <laughs> I called it the winter of discontent out of the 12,000. <laughs> so, oh. like, it was, like, very bleak. As you can imagine, nor- morale was shit. <laughs> very shit. I can't even imagine. No shoes in the winter? like Yeah. They had just suffered a triple defeat, and they have no shoes. And uh, they were just a lot of farm dudes, you know. They were, you know, militia people. But who were the militia made up of? It was, like, you know, people that lived on the land. And uh, so, like, when I was doing this research, since I'm such a dork, I was comparing it to the Battle of Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings. How, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> many fighters have seen too many winters many too few so like hundreds of people deserted uh there was much talk of replacing washington they were like questioning his you know what the fuck is he doing here so the supplies were also shit they had barely any supplies for a few reasons they had to leave a lot of stuff behind uh to rot because they just couldn't take it with uh, with them. So they just had to leave it. And they knew like, the food would expire anyway. So they couldn't carry it with them. So they just had to leave it. Uh, local farmers wouldn't sell to the Continental, Continental Army. Because they had no money or collateral. And uh, the British Army actually could pay way better. So the Washington had to send the men on quote-unquote foraging missions. And basically, you know, they were seizures. They were commandeering people's property. Which, you know. But wartime. Also, you know, because of all these poor conditions, things like that, there was also disease, hygiene, and typhus. Hy- bad hygiene led to typhus breakout. Uh, the soldiers at the time did really not understand the importance of soap. They did all- also not brush their teeth. Um, <laughs> they got mouth infections very easily, gum disease, abscesses. Uh, soldiers suffered from outbreaks of scabies and uh so typhus i did a little bit of a like dig into this because i actually wasn't too sure about what particular it was because it you know like i know modern medical stuff but like typhus is an oldie time thing that like nobody gets really in the modern age so i don't really know much about it it's a bacterial infection and it's spread by a vector specifically body lice like Chiggers and fleas. <laughs> so a vector is, uh, that's essentially like a little critter that will spread the bacteria on its back. Like a rat and a flea was the vector for the plague. So these chiggers and these body lice and these fleas. It was common before uh, soap was widely accepted because like people were sleeping in these like really close conditions and they're huddling for warmth and they're just like spreading this body lice that's infected with typhus. And so nowadays, typhus is treated with antibiotics, specifically doxycycline, but back then they didn't have antibiotics, so you just kind of had to fucking take your chances. You may have survived it, you may have not, and a lot of people did not. Uh, And they died a horrible, horrible, like, disgusting death. So the signs and symptoms of typhus included fever and flu-like symptoms. A rash on your, like, the trunk of your body. That's, like, your main body, like, area. Uh, that forms five to nine days after infection. And then the rash continues to spread over two to three weeks. And then eventually coma, respiratory failure, and death. I feel like I'm reading uh, one of those, you know, like, pharma commercials. like All the side effects. <laughs> All right. the side effects. <laughs> may cause death. So the medicine was shit. The concept of modern medicine, obviously, it wasn't modern. It was 250 years ago. It was pretty much unknown. And germ theory wasn't completely accepted until Louis Pasteur in the 1860s. Again, this is 1777, 1778. Oh, shit. So not until the 1860s was it widely accepted that germs were a thing. And Florence Nightingale and the advent of modern nursing also didn't come around until the late 1800s hospitals again quote unquote unquote were places (laughs) people basically went to die and that was pretty much it all doctors were referred to as again quote unquote surgeons uh at the time because they mostly just as jb's going to talk about amputated limbs and dug bullets out of people like that's pretty much like what their purpose was they did use some herbal medicines, you know, which have been around since time immemorial. You know, a lot of stuff that's passed around, passed down through the ages by women and stuff like that. So that stuff's been around. But like, God, they were using things like sulfur. They used sulfur. It kind of worked as a little bit of an antibiotic. They found when they put it on like things, it kind of helped. But again, it's like super, super caustic. So it's not exactly something you really want to be putting on your skin. But, you know, it would just, like, kill the bacteria, I guess. But, God, that has to fucking suck. You know, that has to be really painful. And How much s- does that smell? That was what I was about to oh, say. So it smells like yeah. methane, right? It smells like, like, poots. Like eggs. And like rotten eggs and, like, you know, really bad, like, egg farts. And you put on
1: an, an infected wound.
2: Yeah. Which already stinks. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Nasty. That's, yeah. Can you imagine? It's no. Awful. So, that's typhus for you. Uh, there's also smallpox. That's pretty gross. Smallpox is another thing that that's been pretty much eradicated in the modern world. Uh, you don't have to get vaccinated for it anymore because it's not around, but, you know, I'm sure the anti-vaxxers are working on that one, too. Mm. So, smallpox is extremely virulent. It's a quick-acting disease. The incubation period of is 12 days after you breathe it in, and then your mouth, like, starts to form these sores. And after a few days, the sores would form on your skin, and they're, like, purulent. You know, they're, like, you know, pussy. They're pussy, and they start Mm. to swell and ooze, and then they burst and dry out, and the pus fluid dries and, like, flakes off, and you're just, like, this oozing, like, pussy, like, ugh, like, full of sores. Does it look like you have cold sores all over your body? Yeah, like oozing cold oh. sores.
0: So and, it's like full body herpes. Yeah, Ugh.
2: and like you're like feverish and you're shaking and you're just like, oh, it's awful. Watch Deadwood. Deadwood has a good despi- depiction of uh smallpox, like the smallpox epidemic, and there were people in the smallpox tent. Uh, that was that's a good. Uh, I think it was just the first season. Um, you can survive it. I mean, people did survive smallpox, but it's like usually like in the best conditions, which obviously these soldiers did not have and uh, it would leave permanent scarring in various ways. you just get like, you know, you'd have smallpox scars. That's, uh, do you ever hear the phrase pockmarked? Mm-hmm. Like your yeah. face is pockmarked. Yeah. That's where it comes from.
0: You can get know. that from chickenpox too. Yeah. Pockmarks. Yeah, yeah,
2: pockmarks. And a lot of people refer to it as like, if you had like acne scars, your face can look pockmarked. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But um, but that's where it originally came from. Smallpox. Smallpox, yeah. Which, yeah, smallpox and chickenpox are very similar if not the same disease, you know, they're very very similar. I f- um, I feel
0: like chickenpox isn't quite as gross sounding as No, what you just described. No. It's like no. the baby version. But it's yeah. Like, yeah,
2: it's like a it's like a mutation or like a, you know, a version of it. I'm not a I'm not a virologist. I can't remember all of my microbiology anyways. So, um smallpox around the same time though there was inoculation. They didn't have germ theory, but they did have like basically a vaccine is not wild. Wait, what? What did they use? So <laughs> it's crazy what they did. Let me get into it. I guess I I gotta I gotta read it like I had I wrote it, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'll let you know when I get to it. So Washington wanted the army to get inoculated with the smallpox vaccine, which was available at the time, and uh, this obviously in theory was a really good idea. But it apparently was not carried out properly, you know, in practice. And so Washington intervened later in February of 1778 and enforced the inoculations uh, because they were just like, you know, the smallpox was just getting out of control. So basically how they developed this vaccine was they knew if you had smallpox before, you couldn't get it again. They observed that. This is just, like, you know, using best practice and observations. So they would slice open the oozing pustules of a person that had smallpox. Yummy. And the pussy dead virus was then rubbed into a small cut that was made on the arm of a person being inoculated. Ooh. This was not technically a vaccine, but, like, it was, like... But it's yeah, The precursor. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, um... Just, but just like fucking imagine the leap of p- faith that people had to take to like allow that pus to get rubbed on you.
0: <laughs> I mean, you think about anti vaxxers today, and I bet, I bet a lot of people back then were like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's like, here, take your pustle, Jerry, and rub it on <laughs> you, Charlie. So, so like you'd be pus brothers? Pus brothers. Yeah. It's like blood brothers, but pus brothers. Gross. Uh, another HBO series that you can see this particular thing in is the John Adams series starring Paul Giamatti and Laura Linney as John and Abigail Adams. Uh, they show their family members getting inoculated against smallpox. And they basically had like this little smallpox boy like in the back of a wagon. They're like cutting his like <laughs> his pus off his, <laughs> and like rubbing on you. And you get like a little scar on your arm. Cut my pus into pieces. Yeah.
1: It's disgusting. <laughs> it's
2: disgusting. So, so it yeah, does. then you would get a mild version of the disease, but you would be way more, way immune to the sm- stronger versions is basically what would happen.
1: Why would it be a smaller version of the disease?
2: I think because the, oh yeah, it's because the inside the pus, it's the dead virus. Okay it's it's not the live virus that you're inject- that you're in, you're not injecting into the bloodstream you're putting it subcutaneously so it's basically like it's localized to a small area and it is the dead version of the virus so that's okay. that's always what a virus uh, what a vaccine is Right. The d- dead virus
0: so your body still um like it still detects the dead virus and creates the antibodies, antibodies. It.
2: yeah it creates the yeah. antibodies to the dead virus even though the dead virus really hasn't done anything much to you other than like Give you a little bit of a fever, maybe. And then, if like some of the stronger versions come at you, that's <laughs> that it'll ward off. This also came, um, I could do a longer version on smallpox in general because it's interesting to like get into like the cowpox, and like that's why the milkmaids look so beautiful. There's like the, the, Age-old, you know, kind of cliche that be- milkmaids are beautiful, and that's because they got cowpox from the cows, which did not give them sores on their faces, but it did make them immune to smallpox, so they never got smallpox. So the milkmaids were never pockmarked; so they always had a beautiful complexion. So it was kind of like a cliche back then to be like, "Oh, the milkmaids are beautiful." Wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Oh. Yeah. That's one. Of, uh, it's a little trivia for you there. The more you the know. The more you know. So that's all pretty well and disgusting. But I have kind of a happy ending for you that I wanted to talk about. This guy, uh, Baron Friedrich von Schubin. Has anybody heard of him? No. No. Von Schubin. Uh, he was not a baron. He was not a lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> he was Prussian. Uh, he was an all around like really great soldier. He had a great military mind. He was an aide de camp to Frederick the Great. And uh, he made a name for himself in Europe's Seven Years' War. So, but he was kicked out for being gay. Was he the king of Prussia? <laughs> no, he was, uh, I guess, like fighting for the king of Prussia. Okay. King of Prussia Mall. Uh, but yeah, he was kicked out for being gay. It was very fabulous. Oh, no. Yeah. He met Ben Franklin, however, in Paris. Like at the time, Ben Franklin is in Paris, boozing and schmoozing, fucking everyone, fucking everyone, tickling the ladies. Enjoying enjoying motor I'm sure he motivated so many titties. Can you imagine Ben Franklin? He He probably loved it. Oh, he probably loved it. Eating the eating the delicious French pastries, etc. He met Von Stroyben here. Franklin was scouting for military help and funds. And he didn't mind von Stroeben's homosexuality and he invited him to come help because he's like, I you know, who am I to judge? I'm a big old fucking'm i fucking perv. Sex- yeah, I'm a sexual deviant, <laughs> who am I to judge your homosexuality uh at at the time they a slang for a homosexual would be like a molly that's something that
1: uh a molly
2: I've heard used yeah molly mm-hmm <laughs> um. So Von Stuyben arrives at Valley Forge in literally a Jingle Bell sleigh with his mini Greyhound curled in his lap. He's I fucking like, love him. He's getting up his jingle horse. He <laughs> does not speak any English, but he eventually gets this guy, Benjamin Walker, to be his interpreter. And he starts training the army Prussian style. And uh, so they're marching. They're shooting. Sorry, I have to bur- um, oh, my God. That's one thing. I, that's one of my grosser things. I should have mentioned a grosser thing of the week is like, I fucking like need to take Prilosec now because I get so bad indigestion. It's terrible. Welcome to the club. Ugh, age getting older sucks. Getting older sucks. Anyways. So, uh, yeah, they're marching. They're shooting. They're reloading drills. They're, that's all very important. But he also taught them how to fix bayonets and like stabby stab people. And they didn't even know how to like properly do that and he also instituted higher hygiene standards he made people wash with soap he made them brush their teeth like you know they were like what the fuck like you know why do we have to do this he's like this is you know this is what you have to do he moved the locations of the latrines so they would not be like draining down into the drinking water i mean this shit just kind of makes common sense but, like, these dum-dums at the time had no clue. God, Americans were fucking rude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, Van Stuyben's just like, uh, I come from very cultured place. I come from Europe. Let me just, like, come on. He's whipping these dudes into shape. So Prussia had this down pat. They were a very advanced army. Uh, the U.S. was struggling. But Van Stuyben arguably saved them at Valley Forge because when they marched out of the encampment in June, July 1778, they fought the British at Monmouth. And although they didn't quite win, another Hamilton reference.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm singing the song in my head. I'm not going to lie.
2: Although they didn't quite win, they held back the British like never before. So after America won the war, Washington was so thankful of von Steuben that he gave him a house in Valley Forge. And he lived there with two men he adopted, uh, quote unquote. (laughs) They were, you know, his gay lovers, obviously, you know. Obviously. But that's what you had to do if you wanted to leave your, you know, your riches to your spouse. You had to adopt them. And that was still happening up until, like, the 90s and shit, you know, before marriage was legal. Like, there's like people that are, you know, living nowadays that, like, they're lovers and, like, one of them has adopted the other just because, like, that's how they can leave, only way they can leave their money to them. Think about that straight people. Uh, one of his partners, one of Van Stroyben's partners went on to become a senator. His name is William North. And the other was, again, Benjamin Walker, his translator. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Van Stuyman's, uh blue book in which he wrote his ideas on camp operations and personnel management, they were so fundamental that portions of it are still in use today. Like, it was such a iconic military manual that was just so, you know, basic and, you know, at the same time, sophisticated it endured throughout the decades centuries even centuries
0: yeah. i I never knew that I liked learning about even though it wasn't gross that part It's yeah. heartwarming
2: yeah that was my that was my fun ending um to like you know finish off like after that was kind of my, my finish off after the gross stuff you know'cause I just like that story of Joyben. I think he, I think he's like a cool figure it's uh most people don't know about him so And now I know queer history, you know, I was also going to say why there's a King of Prussia
0: mall. I'm guessing that's why. What? You didn't know there was a Prussia? No, I mean, I knew there was a Prussia. I never really made the I never really knew why there was a King of Prussia mall. Oh, yeah. Southeast Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm guessing that's why. That's cool.
2: It makes sense.
0: I can't imagine there's any other reason. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. I'm done. I
1: just love the idea of some guy walking in through an interpreter basically going, oh, my God, you people are fucking nasty. Get it together. <laughs>
2: yeah, that really what it was Ugh. like.
0: Yeah. Hamilton should have sung about that. The, <laughs> the poop water draining into the drinking water.
2: Yeah. Must, yeah, have, like, been,
0: must have been cut. Wash ass.
2: Like, dude, <laughs> you shit over here. You don't shit over there. Like, don't shit into where you drink. Like, it's duh. Oh, oh. my God.
1: They learned that in medieval times,
0: but no revolutionary soldiers still hadn't gotten it. Yep. Well, maybe maybe they weren't shipping their best and brightest over the colonies. I don't know.
2: Well, you know, like I said, a lot of these guys are like farm farmers and shit like that. They were like, you know, local militias and stuff. And uh I feel like Washington should have known better. Yeah, but he, had he a can't lot. he can't like He had a lot on his plate. He probably was not directing placement of latrines. Exactly. Exactly. They have no clothes. He has enough stuff to worry about. All right. Well, thank you, Heather. You're welcome.
0: I learned so much about smallpox and typhus and history. It's fun. Von Steuben.
2: Von Steuben. History is always changing. That's what I can't stand if people always talk about, like, oh, history's boring because it's like all in the past. But yeah, the more we learn about history, the um, different that ways we think about, like, how our future and that kind of stuff. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Well, JB, now it's your turn. So uh, what was the thing that you were originally going to do Was some kind of like ghost story?
1: Yeah, so um, this summer we went on a family vacation to Colonial Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And at some point, Ann and I went on a ghost tour. Okay. And so they'd have all these horror stories for all of these mansions and sites around Colonial Williamsburg. And one of the hospitals was, what? Well, actually I think it was like a city county building, but at the one point in time, it had been the site of a civil war field hospital oh and there was supposedly this like renegade not surgeon surgeon there who was just amputating like healthy limbs from people ooh and just throwing them out the window and there ah. was just like a huge limb pit of just like arms and legs and they called him the head devil oh willy nilly and at the streets Load with blood from the head devil. And he was <laughs> and I was like, oh right, an American serial killer sociopath. I'm into this. But alas, literally the website for this ghost tour is the only place I could find a reference. Oh my god, like they made it up. Yeah. Well, it's still entertaining, so whatever, it's fine. But yeah.
0: oh, but that's like I get that a lot of ghost tour tour stuff is it's not like, you know, scientific, but my god, you could at least base it on stuff that really actually happened. Yeah. Make something up. Gosh, made up.
1: I was a little disappointed. That's,
0: I'm just, I'm disappointed too now because I would have liked to hear that story. A pit pit of uh, extremities? Well, gross. Well, actually. Oh, wait, do I get to hear about a pit of extremities anyway? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Ooh. So, what I was pleased,
1: I don't want to say pleased, but maybe pleased. We're sick right here. Sure. Mm -hmm. Is that the limb pit described on this, on this grisly ghost tale? It actually is a real thing. Yeah. So in 2014, modern day, there was a major discovery in Manassas National Battlefield in Virginia. Okay. So two entire soldiers were found along with 11 arms and legs, mostly legs. Oh, that doesn't Uh, add up. It's just like
2: a mass grave of two bodies plus a bunch of like limbs.
1: Yeah. It's believed to have been the site of a field hospital uh, during in after the second battle of Bull Run Ooh. in about 1862.
2: So was it like all bones they just found? Yeah. Or... So the theory is that
1: the two entire bodies that were found were people who were just unable to be saved. You know, like that was kind of how it went on the field is if you're able to be saved, they try to cut off your limb mm-hmm. because, all right, you got a smashed up leg. We're going to just chop that off because you ain't coming back. That's no good anymore. War is hell. But if you were like had an open gut wound, they were just gonna give you ether or something to kind of numb the pain until you died, and then buried you.
2: Oh my god!
1: So the missing legs and arms were from the lucky people. Good hey, point.
2: They may have made it had their wound. May I mean, if their wound didn't get But yeah. So why so many limbs? Why?
1: Well, uh, as. You're a history buff, so I'm sure you know this: mm-hmm. that most Civil War surgeries performed were amputations. Yeah, and during the Civil War, there were approximately sixty thousand amputations
2: performed. Jesus, oh my god! Yeah, it's either I think, like I said, it's either amputations or digging out, digging out bullets. Yeah, so that chick gets infect- infected too.
1: Yeah, and there was an increase in this sort of necessity. Because a new form of ammunition called a, I think a minime is M-I-N-I-M-I-E. I -I -I I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was a kind of bullet that had been developed by the French that Americans used during the Civil War. Okay. And the way that it impacted the skin left more severe injuries.
2: Ooh, the AR-15 of its time. Yeah. Ooh.
1: And that combined with the fact that antibiotics still had not been developed. Yeah. So, of the sixty-two six hundred and twenty thousand people who died in this war, most of them—maybe not most, but a lot of them—were just from sickness and infections. And amputations were just one of the most efficient way to try to save lives. Yeah, that oh, makes sense. Now, how were these amputations performed? Mm. Surely, it was in a very sterile environment <laughs> to cut down on infections. Oh, absolutely. Everybody was getting Jello and chicken broth. Oh my et cetera. god, etc.
0: Very clean,
2: white,
1: bright lights. Lots of... Morphine. Lots of morphine. All of the morphine. No. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, as Heather alluded to before, that these doctors were not really equipped to be doing all of this stuff anyway.
2: Yeah. Didn't they still think bloodletting was cool? I'm sure they did. History of medicine is wild.
1: So they they weren't prepared to be surgeons, really. Most had never seen like open abdominal cavities of living patients.
2: <laughs>
1: and a lot of them had never before even treated gunshot wounds.
2: Oh my God. Or witnessed amputations in in the flesh. Oh my God. You take a shot to a gut nowadays and it's bad news. Like I can't imagine when it's like, like if you get shot in your intestines, like in your guts and stuff, it's so vascular. Like you like wind up like you can't poop right ever. Like you could get like an abdominal stricture and then the poop leaks out into your abdominal cavity and then you die of sepsis. I'm going to say
1: yeah that sounds like you just get infected blood.
2: Yeah. Yay. Yeah.
0: JB I just want to pause for a moment and appreciate uh, the little wordplay you just did. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh simply put
1: these these dudes, these medicine boys
2: Medicine boys—they boys. they
1: were a lot more equipped to just be pulling infected teeth and lancing boils than they were to do the work that they actually had to end up doing.
2: Yeah, they're uh, they're glorified doctor pimple poppers. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't say that, but eh, they're probably like a MedExpress doctor. <laughs> I'm sure they're valid doctors. Sorry, MedExpress doctors. They also give you haircuts. <laughs> so Union doctors uh, treated about four hundred thousand wounded and 245,000 of these were gunshot artillery wounds. Ugh. And the Confederate numbers were probably similar. They just don't have as complete of records.
2: Because they're losers?
1: I think, like,
0: a lot of shit got burnt down. Is that controversial? No. I. Sorry. You can't hear. I was silently laughing at her, actually, yeah. so it didn't really translate well. <gasps> no, they, they literally lost. It's fine. Yeah, they're
1: losers. <laughs> they were literally losers. That's not controversial.
0: <laughs> I mean maybe it's controversial if you're the type who likes to fly around a confederate flag some statues
2: down south would have me think otherwise yeah in which
0: case you know turn us off bye bye those people probably turned us off already
2: yeah true (laughs) yeah
1: I think those people turned us off whenever we called Christopher Columbus the
0: ultimate fuck boy (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Or the time I went on a 10 minute rant about white dreads. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Godless heathens.
0: We've
1: we've we've self-filtered our audience. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so you have these untrained uh Dr. Nicks just running around the battlefield just hacking off legs, right? Bye,
2: everybody.
1: <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> <sighs> Hope
2: All you right. don't die. Oh, I took <laughs> off the wrong one. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Uh, I
1: mean, I don't think it's quite that bad. <laughs> so the records at Manassas show on the on the legs that it's a clean cut, like, from a circular saw. Ugh. So they tried to just saw through the, whims, the limbs as quickly as possible so the patient didn't die from shock or pain.
2: Yeah, just- I... I think I've heard that before where like some of the people were considered the best surgeons were the fastest ones.
0: He who cuts the fastest cuts the mostest. I yeah. mean, I guess that's better. I'm like imagining this. Make that pain brief. That is preferable to a like back and forth saw.
1: That, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, I would much rather go then. I'm making
1: a hacking motion. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't have all of the tools to be a Foley today.
2: Oh, that's another gross thing that's in uh the um the John Adams series on HBO with Paul Giamatti. His daughter gets breast cancer, and she literally gets her tit cut off like oldie style, just like yeah. What Whoa! else? Sawed that shit off, and she lived through it. Oh my god, she lived several like years afterwards. I mean, yeah. What else are you gonna do? Yeah, but how bar how barbaric, right? Uh, it sounds kind of like some of the medieval torture. Yeah. we talked about. Cut her titty off. Just Ugh. slice them off. Off with her tit. Off with her tit. No anesthesia. Go on, G. All
1: right. So what's in their toolkit? It sounds extremely Ugh. very official. Yeah. Very well-equipped. Lots of alcohol wipes. Lots of swabs. <laughs> JK. JK Lills. The typical kit includes two uh, knives, an amputation saw, some bone nippers, a tourniquet, tweezers, scissors, and a hay saw.
0: Nip that bone. Wait, a bone nipper? A bone nipper.
1: What's that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Does anyone... Do you know what a bone nipper is? Yeah. Okay. I should have looked up what a bone nipper was. What's a hay saw? I assume that it's a, a cutty I I did not look into all of these. Okay. So if anybody... Uh, oh, we got our...
2: Got, oh, we have it's some a facts. bone nipper, yeah. It's like a little tool that it basically, it's like a little ple- tweezer tool.
1: Okay, it's a tweezer
0: tool. Oh, they look like, not pliers,
2: like, yeah. Almost like needle nose. Oh, like, no, wire, like wire cutters. They
0: look like wire cutters for jewelry. Yeah. That's what they look like. They look
2: sharp as fuck. Haysaw. Haysaw.
0: Great day for hay. Sorry, <laughs> I just watched, like, all of Letter Kenny over Christmas break, so.
2: saw. get to choring. There's
1: choring to be done. Her Palace
2: looks barbaric as fuck.
1: Oh, yeah, the hay saw, that definitely looks like serial killers use that. It looks, oh, that's like, fucked up. it looks like a big machete. Yeah, I don't like that. Nope. I don't want my doctor carrying that on them. It definitely looks like something Jigsaw from the movie Saw would have. <laughs> uh, you'll notice that I did not say anesthesia.
2: Yeah, they don't have that.
1: Yeah, it like antibiotics had not yet been invented. Did it's they a- have
2: morphine, though?
1: They did not, but they do use some kind of numbing agent. I will Ether. get into Yeah okay. Yeah, ether and chloroform. Oh, ugh. And whiskey. I
2: bet. Yeah. Whiskey, yeah, they, they didn't
1: make mention of that, but yeah, that's a... Uh, I'd seen that on the Colonial Williamsburg tour is the little whiskey and brandy flask that they carried around. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, that was going to be my next thing. Uh, so there's the myth that the soldiers were basically just given some hooch and a leather strap and kind of just made the deal with it. Yeah. And sure, sometimes that was the case. So due to the lighting situation at the time electricity not the best light bulb situation not the best Mm-mm. a lot of times the best place to do surgery would be outdoors
2: yeah under under god's god's sky
1: uh, just the way god intended it yeah. song off limbs in an open field uh-huh. so uh <laughs> the, so the patients were given chloroform or ether
2: and <laughs> and they cause
1: a loss of consciousness followed by a brief like excitatory stage oh So patients were not aware of what was happening and they didn't feel any pain, but there was still some thrashing, thrashing and moaning (laughs) and on lockers, because if you guys remember people, it was uh, considered kind of a genteel activity to just go and watch the war times happening. Yeah. They would just be sitting down in a field to watch the people murder each other for fun. Weren't they worried about
2: getting murdered? That's I, what I, I always wondered. I
1: guess they assumed there was a code of conduct where they would not kill the lady sitting underneath their parasols.
2: This is so fucked up. Yeah, humans so are fucked. humans are so messed up. Yeah, that's even yeah. more sick
1: than the fucking amputation. Let's go
2: sit on the bunker hill and watch the battle, of bunker hill. Oh, hope we don't catch a stray bullet. Oh yeah, it's in the picnic. Like, hey, look, someone's getting his leg sawed off. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, so these
1: fucking ding dongs—they don't go. are help. watching the people. And they see them like getting hacked into and hear them go like, oh, 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 I don't know, whatever noise you make when you're on yeah, ether. Yeah. Yeah. And they just assumed that meant that the patients were conscious. Mm-hmm. So they, they went on to spread the myth that, oh, my God, they're out there just performing surgery with no anesthesia. But oh. They they weren't numbed up. They just, their bodies didn't seem like it. Yeah. But that's pretty gross. They
2: can't give them, they can give them anest- like. They can't give them paralytics. Basically, they didn't have anything that would make them stop moving. They didn't yeah. have paralytics, but they did have like things that could like put them under as far as like you know their head. The best they could do. The best they could do. Is that like what a twilight sleep is? Yeah. Right, okay. They give you like Versed and fentanyl or propofol. Mm-hmm. That's like that's the Michael Jackson the milk. It's like an IV. It looks exactly like milk. And that's the stuff that basically killed Michael Jackson because he didn't have real sleep. He just he just got an IV of propofol from that crooked, crooked doctor every night. Yeah. Oh, that's how it worked? Yeah. Oh, That's dear. what he was getting. And that's oh. why, yeah, he was like on such bad narcotics. I can't imagine like how. Yeah, well, you know what? Fuck him anyway. How many pooping problems he had. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, they give you that too. Yeah, they just kind of give you a little bit of a twilight.
1: All
0: right. Back, All right. back to the field amputations.
1: Back to these field amputations. So, okay, snip, snip, leg gone. Now what? Now what? You don't All have right. a leg. You don't have a leg. Phantom leg. So the surgeons generally just let the amputations heal by granulation. Mm-hmm. Which, So are you familiar with granulation?
2: That's basically just like, you know, allowing it to heal on its own. Yeah, like- yeah,
1: just forms like new capillaries and thick tissue, basically like a big old scab covering your wound. Yeah. Would they dress it at least? I hope. Uh, No, they just let them do that. Uh, If they did have a little bit of time, like if this were not the middle of the field, like in the middle of battle kind of situation, they would use the fish mouth method, which was cutting your little skin flaps and sewing them to form a nice little rounded
0: stump. Yeah. Oh, that sounds lovely. How do they not get infected? Well, that's well, the thing is a lot of times they, they wanted
2: to leave it open because if it's open, I mean, yes, it could get infected even
0: if they sewed it up, right? Yeah. So if you leave it open, like they could, could... see
2: yeah. it was getting infected and cut off more of the leg. Yeah. Ugh. It was cauterizing a thing. Yeah. And they were, they were wearing they had tourniquets, you know, to like prevent the bleeding and stuff. So like, the um, Woof. the tissue there died. You know, so there's probably a lot of sloughing of the tissue, of the dead tissue and stuff. Oh, God, I can't imagine. So disgusting. Go on.
1: So infections, even they they did this to kind of prevent infection from happening. They still happen. Probably not helped by practices such as taking and using the same bloody rag from patient to patient without ever washing it. What could go wrong? Nothing. I, I mean, you certainly couldn't get uh more gnarly infections, right? They no, probably no.
2: use the same bone saw and everything. Yeah, too. I'm sure it did not
1: get maybe they wiped it off. Yeah. Or they probably wiped it off with the rag that they used on the next yeah. person. They probably like yeah.
0: wiped it off like the way that like they wipe off the knife with the deli counter when they're cutting sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's like you kind of just gotta deal
1: with the fact that your knife was just in the your knife. Your sandwich was touched by pastrami. Yeah. Or but like it's your mayo. flesh. Yeah. <laughs> <Here>. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> So infection was so common that the field hospitals just stank of pus.
2: Oh, so pussy. When
1: the pus was thick and creamy. Oh my God, what? Which was most likely due to a staph infection. Yeah. They they called that the laudable infection. Because at least it was localized and not likely to spread. Oh, okay. So the thin bloody pus was most likely from uh, strep and they called that the malignant pus because it was likely to spread and poison the blood. Ah, and they termed that hospital gangrene.
2: Oh, that's uh, disgusting.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what would happen if you refused to amputate?
0: What would happen? Who wait, who's refusing to amputate? Some
1: people they well, if you were a farmer or you worked in the field, if you come back from the war, you don't have a leg or an arm, there goes your fucking livelihood. Oh, so
0: there'd be soldiers who, like, would have a horrific wound on their. And they would try to. Like, and they would just be like, nope. Nope. Yeah. They would try not to. Yeah. So, uh, as
1: by the new weaponry that would just smash your femur in uh, bits and pieces, and that's called a commuted fracture. Communated? comminuted, Communated? Yeah, I think that's it. it was, there's a lot of syllables.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It would cause the, the bone, the fragment, like almost all of the time. And that almost always in, resulted in a blood infection oh. in the bone and the marrow. And even if it didn't become septic, it was still painful and they still had fever and drainage and muscle deterioration. So basically, they probably should have just got
0: amputated. Yeah, Right. Because a a fracture like that, how would that even... The limb was usually useless.
1: Even right. If-
2: it
0: wouldn't It wouldn't be able to heal.
1: People like it was so, an aesthetic
0: pride thing.
2: Yeah, people are so ignorant. Like they're so medically ignorant. You think people were medically ignorant now. Back then, they didn't know diddly squat. They're so stupid. Like, I mean, sorry, but they didn't know anything. So they're just like, oh, man, don't take my leg. Don't take my leg. Like, mm. you know. I'm just, a farmer. They don't know. You know, this is all the blind leading the blind back then. I mean, these these quote unquote surgeons. Yeah, they didn't know Diddly ass squat. Didn't even know what germ theory was.
1: No, still didn't know about germ theory yet.
2: Yeah, you know, like the goodness of the soap. Hmm. However,
1: on a bright note, they had improved with their training and more doctors. And by the war's end, uh, mortality rates improved. Uh, with comparison of at Antietam, twenty-two percent of the wounded died, mm-hmm. and at Gettysburg, only nine percent of the wounded died. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's a significant improvement. It sounds like it.
2: And Gettysburg is even, like, seen as, like, the bloodiest battle. But, but it was actually, like, it technically, percentage-wise, went down in deaths. Which is, that's interesting.
0: Just, this that that Well, you're saying deaths from, sorry, deaths from, from like,
1: infected, wounded. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a
2: specific, like, yes, type of death. Just, and yeah. I
1: think they had learned at that point, like, when they just had to, like, go snip, snip with the leggies like uh, snip nope. snip see that that's gone yeah. sorry yeah. farmer john sorry farmer john you don't get a leg anymore <laughs> yeah you you can't bring that shit back onto camp god yeah. needs your leg now yeah <laughs> we're gonna just put it on the pile of limbs <laughs> and uh that's that's about what i got
2: well that's awesome that was
1: super gross it's very bloody and gory it's, sorry american history better than a horror movie
2: yeah uh oh man i love like anything involving medical history is really great have you guys ever watched the nick is Mm -hmm. that show like one episode yeah it was basically about like a victorian era hospital in new york and uh the main doctor is played by clive owen and he's like a speed addict and uh but yeah it shows like all these like oldie-time medical devices and shit. It's just, like, so barbaric, the shit that happens to people. It's disgusting.
1: They'll be thinking that in the future when they look at us now.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Like, Star Trek stuff. And they'll just, you know, they just, like, fucking, like, zzz, Like, I don't know if you guys have been watching The Mandalorian, but, like, spoiler alert, they just, like, basically zap people. Well, this isn't a spoiler because they do this in Star Trek, Star, Star Wars all the time. They just basically like spray a little beam over you and oh, your, your wound is healed, you know? As you do. Like you do. Zzz, you're good. Have you guys watched Mandalorian?
1: I have not. What
2: no. the hell?
1: There's Sorry. so
2: much TV out there, homie. Baby Yoda. I know, I, I know. Look, the I've, memes. I've
0: watched the Baby Yoda clips on YouTube.
2: The memes. <laughs> the memes are the best part anyway. I
0: don't feel emotionally prepared to take on an entirely new series right now.
2: Oh, it's pretty short, though. I and know. the episodes are only, like, half hour. No. And I think it was only, like, eight episodes, and it's already over.
0: Okay, that's not too much.
2: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a small investment. It's it's a lot smaller than you think. It's not, like, every episode is, like, epically long. Nah.
1: How familiar was Star Wars canon? Do I have to be? None. Good. Okay. Yeah,
2: because like, I don't <laughs> give a shit about Star Wars. No. Yeah. It's just like, oh, look at the baby Yoda. That's all you need to know is Baby Yoda's cute. Just sip yeah. from his, from sipping from his little cup. He's sipping his little broth from a little cup. So cute.
0: So cute. Well, on that note, then, sickest thing of the past two weeks in a good way. Anybody. Uh, oh. JB, you got one.
1: I got one. Okay. Mine was almost the sickest thing of the week in a bad way, but then it became in a good way that my, my poor little beloved Pat as you guys know, he's such a bad boy. Yeah. Bad boy. He is getting to be an older man, <laughs> and he had developed uh, an injury, a slip disc. Now he is healed. He is healed, and he can walk again, and he could not walk before.
2: He looked like he's he on was death's on door. death's door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He really like seemed like he came back from the brink. Because he was, like, so pathetic looking and sad, I felt so bad for him. You could tell he was in so much pain.
0: And then I saw him earlier this week, and he was chatting and chatting and following us around. and
2: Being his regular pesters himself. Mm-hmm. It was
0: good to see, for sure. Yeah. He, he's my Christmas miracle.
2: That Aww. is good. Yeah. Yay. That's awesome.
0: Heather? I don't have anything. Nothing. I can't think you anything. That's fair. Mm-hmm. You've had a rough
2: time. I had a rough time. My yeah. cat died. <laughs> so, like, yeah. uh, I'm just kind of like... Yeah, This this holiday season uh, is a big old poop for me.
0: Well, for me, I'm just going to say I've been off of work. I'm finishing up my second week of vacation, which is just sublime. Mm -hmm. I got to spend a lot of time with my family last week over Christmas. And this week I've just been staycating at home. And sleeping in, and I did yoga today, and it was just—it's been nice. So I'm feeling very refreshed, and actually, not dreading going back to work next week. So it would seem that two weeks is the ideal length of time to take a vacation, if only—if only. If only that was a thing that one could do regularly, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just really how Christmas and New Year's felt this year. It was very easy to pull this off. So Great. yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing to us on the fine podcasting institution that you're currently listening to, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or many, many more. We'd really love to have you with us every week. And you can feel free to throw us a five-star rate and review. That would be super sweet. We'd really appreciate it. And if you want to tweet at us, you can find us at that sick pod, or you can follow us on Instagram at ThatSickPodcast, or you can email us at sick.podcast at gmail.com. We would really love to hear from you. So until next week, friends, try not to place your latrines upstream from your drinking water because that's sick. sick.